You're listening to episode 48 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, from the diaryofanempath.com, and this episode is part two of a little mini-series, a two-part series that I'm doing on learning to trust your guidance. So if you haven't yet listened to the first part, episode 47, you might want to pause me and go listen to that episode just because There's a lot of foundational information in that episode. We talk about how the universe communicates with us. So different forms of signs and guidance, things like repeating numbers or physical symptoms. So like body aches, body symptoms, people, and words that they say that really resonate with us. So in that episode, it's a bunch of foundational material. In this episode, part two, the first thing that I want to cover is how to decipher if a sign is a sign because the way the universe communicates with us is very creative and more abstract and we have to piece it together ourselves. It's very easy to make a sign out of something that's not a sign or to give our power away to a sign, which may need to be a whole other episode. But at this point, I really want to talk about how do you know for sure that a sign is a sign. So in the previous episode, I talk a lot about the dreams I've been having lately and how they're telling me what I need to do. So how do I know that the dreams are actually guidance and they're not just another dream? Because the dreams are asking me to take a big action, to do something that is risky. So I want to be sure that it's genuine and I'm sure you feel the same way. So if you're feeling that way, do you know about the clairs, the clair senses? I talk about them often in my courses, so in the Empowered Empath, in Empaths in Business, because the clairs are a language that was developed to put words to psychic or intuitive processes. So when I'm talking about a psychic process or an intuitive process, I'm talking about the way we receive information from the external world. And so the clairs or the clair senses is a way of categorizing that and making that make sense. Basically, the way we can receive information is by seeing it, by hearing it, by just knowing it, by feeling it, by smelling it, by tasting it. And though we can all receive information, and in this case I'm talking about extrasensory information, we can all receive it in all of those ways. We also all have a prominent way of receiving it. And our prominent way of receiving it will cycle. Like we can move through cycles where different, different clairs will come up and be our more prominent. But I also believe, because I've seen within myself, that at the end of the day, you do have one that stays 
dominant. It's like the leading sense that you have. For me, it's clear cognizance. So it's clear knowing. There's clear seeing, clairvoyance. There's clear feeling, clairsentience. There's clear hearing, clairaudience. And those are the main four. I will drop a link below where I talk about more of the clairs and I even go into different styles of being an empath. So if you're brand new to the topic of being an empath or you're ready to dive in deeper, I do have a, a beginner's post, uh, like a blog post, where you can go in and you can see what type of empath you are and then what type of clair you have. But when you know your clair, when you know that you receive information claircognizantly, so through your knowing, then you can use that piece of validation as a way of giving the yay or nay to a sign that comes in. So for me, if my main form of receiving information is through my knowledge, like through claircognizance, then when I see a repeating number, I will just know if that repeating number is relevant or not. Because not all repeating numbers are meant to mean something, but we are definitely meant to acknowledge the ones that are. So one of the ways that I am able to trust myself more is by noticing when I'm saying things like, I just know. Whether this is with clients or in my own life, if I just know something and I don't know why I know it, but the words I know come out, that's me activating that clear cognizance, that clear knowing. And so I'll find like if I'm telling my partner about something, some repeating numbers that I saw and I tell him, like, I just, I know that's related to X situation. That's, that's like a piece of a validating information for me. If you are clairsentient, so clear feeling, if that's your prominent, you're just going to feel like something's important. Oftentimes when your clairsentience is activated, it, you feel it in your heart. You just, you just, you feel it. And you can catch yourself saying, I just, I feel like it's related. I feel like something funny is happening in this situation. So you'll use that word feel. If you're clairvoyant, which is clear seeing, you're going to use words like, like see, like I just see that as being a possibility or I just see how those two things are connected. And what's beautiful about the clairs is when you do know your prominent type, then you're able to figure out also what types of signs and guidance you're going to get. So in terms of being clairsentient, which is clear feeling, that's all about being in the body, feeling things physically. And so you might get more physical signs. So you might get what we were talking about in the last episode, body aches or rashes like we were talking about or shivers like chills. Like when someone's saying something and it's important for you, you might feel like a chill up your back or your arms might get goosebumps. That's clairsentience. It's clear feeling. If you are clairvoyant, you're going to get your signs predominantly through things that you see. So that's when you will see a lot of repeating numbers or dreams. Dreams are a form of vision, of seeing. So you, you would have very active dreams. If you are predominantly clairaudient, well, you're going to hear knowledge. A lot of people listening to my podcast, they have clairaudience because they're, they they don't see me talking, but they're hearing information and it's activating them. And it's, it's a sign for them. It's guidance for them. So that's one of the way a repeating 
lyrics and sign in songs or sometimes you'll hear like a high-pitched sound in your ear if something is happening in your world that you need to take notice of when I get it it's like the world just kind of stops for a moment and everything slows down in my ear and then it continues on and that's telling me something just happened in your world that you take need to take note of whether someone just sent me a, a dm that I need to think about writing a blog post about or Something just happened on the television that I need to consider how it relates to my life. Or someone just said something in a coaching session and I need to remember that it's important. So that's clairaudient. Uh, claircognizance. Claircognizance is interesting because it's not so much about what you're picking up from the external world. It's what you're picking up from your internal world. And... It's For this reason, it's really difficult for people who are predominantly claircognizant to recognize their gift or to understand that what's happening is guidance. I know for being, me, being part of my main way of gathering information, when I get downloads, it's very much like someone just plants something or something plants something in your mind and you just know it. Some of my earlier memories when I was just beginning to recognize that this, that this was happening was when I was in social work school, we would have tests every, I forget, like once a week or something in my, my practice class. And I was not a studier. I was when I did a science degree, but by the time I got to social work, a lot of my intuition was starting to come online and... I was much more interested in learning from life as opposed to learning from school. So I started to do a lot of my own research and, and gathering knowledge, which is a claircognizant thing. Like you want more knowledge. You're about knowledge, you love knowledge, all of this. And I remember when I would be in my classes and we would have these tests, we would arrive and my group of friends, we would gather before the test and we would go over some of the things that we should have read in different readings because we were going to be quizzed on it or things we should know and I never ever read what I should have read but was but what was always so interesting is when we would be talking about the test material before the test I would just know the answer and I still kind of get sh like um shivers about it because it was just very accurate and it was the first time that I was recognizing that, whoa, I might be psychic. Like, I might be intuitive. Like, what is this about? Uh, it was really cool and kind of startling. But that was a seed. And I was able to look back of when I would take different classes, like in my science degree. I remember being in biology exams, and it was a lot of true-false. And even back then, I would just know which one I needed to write. It just popped in my head like, oh, this one's true. Oh, that one's true. Oh, this one's false. And I was able to go through and answer the questions that way. So very interesting how clear cognizance works. Now it's like how it shows up in my life is when I was creating empaths in business, people often ask me like, how do you create a course? And I maybe will teach on this someday, but for me, it's been very much like the course falls into my head. Like it, it just shows up in my brain, the structure of it, what I need to be teaching, 
this week, this week, this week. Same when it comes to people's sales funnels. This is why I'm really passionate about business and helping business and, and having a course called Empaths in Business is because when someone's in front of me, I can just know one, what their purpose is, like what their work is, what they need to be doing, and I can guide them that way. I can get them to recognize it as well. And two, when they have an offer, I'm able to just piece it into my head in a sales funnel that's going to work. So it's it's like this thing just pops in my head and it's there. So it's not so much clear cognizance about the external world. It's very much about what's going on inside your mind. So learning to trust it can be a little bit more difficult because it's not like you have those repeating numbers. You might have a repeating thought, like something that won't go away. It's it's really cool, clear cognizance. I mean, they're all really cool. And if you listen to the last episode, you saw that you can have all of them. Like I, even though I'm predominantly clear cog, I'm also clairvoyant because I get a lot of information through my dreams. I'm also clairsentient because I get a lot of body aches and body symptoms and I'm also clairaudient because I get a lot of ringing in my ear and different messages in my ear so you can have them all but knowing your prominent one is going to help you or allow you to validate yourself because you really do see a pattern there or you really do feel that something's up or you really do know something that you don't have any reason to know why you know it and I think that's so so special and so beautiful so that's a tool the Claire is a tool for being able to understand or validate the the signs that are coming in and knowing what to sign what's not because if you feel like something's not a sign and you're clairsentient well then you know you could get 10 repeating numbers in a row but if you feel like that's just not a sign and you know that you're clairsentient predominantly you need to trust that or if you don't get any signs say for example you ask the universe for a sign you can go back to a couple episodes and and see why that's not necessary. But say you've been asking for a sign and you don't get your sign. Well, if you're claircognizant and you know that it doesn't matter because what you want is still happening, trust that. Don't trust the fact that you didn't get a sign. So I hope that helps. But what I want to dive into for the rest of this episode is the, the act, the physical act of following your intuition so not just getting the signs and knowing that you're getting the signs but acting on the signs so in the last episode I was sharing a lot about how I was getting a lot of guidance lately about a business change that I'm undergoing it's a structure change and I've been resisting it but my intuition it continues to flood me it's coming at me in all directions and it's saying No, it is time to make the shift. So now I'm at a place where I have to decide yes or no. Am I going to make the shift? Am I not? And the thing is, with with your path, you're going to follow your path. You are going to somehow follow your path. And what you learn along this journey is the quicker you are to follow your path, the easier it is. Because if you don't follow your path, your higher self, the universe, is going to continue to push you to to act. First, it's going to start really quiet. You're going to get some repeating numbers. You're going to get some feelings. You're going to hear something a couple times. 
and then all of a sudden you're gonna be pushed for example if you know if you're getting the inkling it's time to leave your job and you don't take action the universe is going to find a creative way it's creative consciousness it's it's unimaginatively creative it's going to to find a way for you to be pushed out of that job maybe funding is gone maybe you get pregnant and you have to leave the job so many different ways that it could work i could never list them the universe it's just so creative but what you need to know is you've come into a life to live out a path of your highest potential and the universe is going to continue to guide you there continue to guide you there continue to guide you there because all it wants is for you to succeed all it wants is for you to be who you're here to be because it understands the ripple effect it understands that you have a role to play in the great scheme of of everything and your role has an impact on another person and their role and another person and their role and another person and their role. And so if you're not reaching your highest potential, well, then the rest of us can't reach our highest potential. An example of this is in my work, when I get to pull or like I start to feel like I need to be switching something up and I am not doing it, well, the people who are not behind me because it's not like we're ever behind someone or not, but the people who are meant to come in and start to fill the role that I'm currently in, because that's on their path to start to teach the things that I used to teach or in social work. Like when I was being pushed to leave social work, well, there was people who are ready to come in and take that position. And that was the, the thing that they most wanted. That was their highest expression in that moment. And I had to get out of the way so that they could fulfill it. And so in terms of my work now, it's when I'm feeling pushed into another position within my company and I'm being pushed to make a structural change and stop doing some things that I have been doing, it can feel like I'm letting people down or I'm not doing what something that's helpful. But what I have to remember is there's someone waiting right now to do the role and to take it on and me getting out of the way and me moving forward helps them move forward too. And same with the people who are ahead of me for thinking of it linear is I need them to move on so that I can go in and fulfill that role. It's really cool how we all work together like that. But when I'm in that place where I'm not listening and I'm not taking action because I'm hesitating or I'm doubting myself or I'm thinking of all the worst case scenarios and all of these things that we can get ourselves wrapped up into, I'm forgetting that our intuition and our guidance, it's never going to lead us astray. Ever, 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 ever. I get this question a lot and I've experienced it a lot of moments where I feel like it has led me astray where I've hit a rock bottom because I've taken a risk and I've done something that was completely based on my intuition. And in that moment, it feels like I was betrayed. Like, how could my intuition have led me here? This thing didn't work out. And what I've come to realize is, and, and I hope this helps you, so take like really tune into this, like listen to this, because when we think about following our guidance, it's two-part, like I've been talking about. And if you look at that in terms of like a visual, it's like you are at the bottom of a mountain and your intuition turns you towards the mountain and says, 
you're climbing to the top. Like you want to go to the top of that mountain. But the thing is our intuition never leaves us. It's not like it says, okay, turn, go up that mountain and you're doing it all by yourself. Our intuition is always a step ahead of us. It's always guiding us. It's always there and it's guiding us where we need to go, where we've asked to go, which is where we need to go. It's the same thing. And so what it does is like you were at the bottom of the mountain and you were looking up and you start to walk the path. Well, your intuition knows that you forgot to pack food. So your intuition knows that about half a day into the climb, you're going to get really hungry. And so what it will do is it will start to guide you an alternate path up that mountain. And the path that it guides you up, that alternate path is going to include a stop where you're able to fill up on food. It's going to include a stop where you're able to grab even warmer clothes because as you're going up the mountain, it's going to get colder. It will pull you into conversations with people who had been up the mountain and they're coming down and they can warn you about something. It's it's so amazing how the intuition works, but when we're in those places, when we're being guided to the imaginary convenience store or like restaurant on your way up that mountain because the intuition knows that you need food, that you're going to be hungry, as you're approaching it, you might be like, why am I here? Like, I don't want to be here. And this maybe looks scary. Maybe it's like a rundown restaurant or maybe it's just, I don't know, someone in who, who happens to have food. It can feel like this is kind of scary. I don't know why I'm here. This doesn't seem to be getting me where I want to go. I want to go to the top of the mountain. And when we're in those moments, it's so easy to doubt ourselves and doubt our intuition and get down on ourselves because we feel like our intuition led us astray. When really our intuition led us to exactly what we needed to continue our summit up the mountain to get to the destination, which in this case is to align with your path or reach your potential. When I left social work and my intuition led me to start a blog and then seven months later I was completely burnt out. I had lost all my money trying to build this blog, trying to to be independent, to sell myself with no sales skills. When I was in that moment, it was very easy to be negative about my intuition, to doubt it, to feel betrayed by it because I, I was so mad. I was like, you led me to do this and now I have nothing. Like this doesn't make sense. And from hindsight, I can see that of course it led me into that situation because I needed to learn some really valuable lessons. I didn't have the tools I needed to get to the top of the mountain. I didn't have the warm coat that I was going to need. I didn't have the food that I, I was going to need. So my intuition led me into a, a pretty sticky situation so that I would have no choice but to get those supplies. And in the case of business it was learning how to set a profit goal it was learning how to have a sales system it was learning how to upgrade my belief systems to work with my inner child and the inner child wounds i held around being abandoned and not being good enough those things have no place in business they can't exist and have a successful business and so i had to run into this place i needed to see how deep i held the persecution wound and the mother wound those are the big one. Of the big three, the one I haven't struggled with so much has been the sister wound. But like persecution is often associated with the witch trials and I had a lot of that. 
And it was why I wouldn't show my work to anyone because I didn't want to be persecuted, which was past life stuff. And it was so heavy in me, but I didn't know. And I had to get to a place of desperation to want to figure it out, to figure out why am I so afraid to be a legitimate business owner? Well, legitimacy means that I could be found out by authority. Like that's what my brain's doing, my nervous system, even though I don't care about being found out by authority. In fact, I I want to now. I want to be seen. Same with mother wound, martyrdom. Like I had to give and give and overgive and overgive and overgive and overgive to the point of depletion to realize that I couldn't do that anymore. And so I thought my intuition was leading me astray when it led me to burnout and it led me to, to, to have nothing. I had to move home and sleep on my parents' couch and really in hindsight it led me exactly where I needed to go because it knew what I was going to need to reach the top it knew I needed those lessons I needed that healing so that I could continue forward which is no different than forgetting food and the, the intuition leading you to a store right you could get it on the way up the mountain and when you can zoom out and get out of your emotions and look at it like that look at it very objectively like right I wasn't led astray. I was led exactly where I needed to go. And now it's up to me to, f- to figure out what that is. What, what do I need and problem solve it? Following your intuition isn't so scary. Because now where I'm at, because I've gone through that and many different <laughs> situations like that, because I live my life governed by my intuition, I'm able to see that taking this risk that I'm being encouraged to take now, it's not going to come without some stumbles. I'm going to be led into situations that are uncomfortable because I'm going to need to gain more tools, more knowledge, and that's okay. It's not a failure. It's a point on a path. And so when we're learning to trust our intuition, we need to know what happens when we act on it. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Though there's incredible things on the other side of your intuition, for me, it's this life, this business, this this lifestyle I've built that There's no way this would have been possible if I was still a social worker. It's my partnership. I would never have met him had I not randomly jumped on a plane. It's even my little bunny, Ben, if you listen to the episode on miracles. We were house hunting. My intuition led me house hunting and it brought me to a barn where there was a little pet bunny who was about to be released to the wild. And I was there at that exact moment to be able to take him home. And now he's such a a beautiful, I always tell him I'm so happy he's part of my family. Like that is rainbows and butterflies and beautiful things. But to get to those things sometimes took moments of confusion, of doubt, of feeling betrayed. But it was only a moment. And it was a moment for me to realize, okay, I'm missing something. I need some kind of tool, something so that I can continue to move forward. And this isn't a failure. It is a point on a path, a path of getting where I want to go, which is living the life I want to live, which is reaching my highest potential. And so knowing that makes it easier to move forward because you, you're realistic with the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Perfection doesn't exist or everything is perfect you can see it both ways but you're gonna have dips and I love to normalize dips and, and talk about my wounds and the things that I've gone through because I always talk to my partner about this like I'm telling people in my podcast in my work to 
take risks with your intuition. I talk about this and I encourage this. And with that, with that leadership is a responsibility to be honest about it. I'm never going to tell you it's all going to be perfect. I'm never going to leave that bad stuff out because that bad stuff is part of the good stuff working itself out. So I want you to just take a moment and pause over the last two episodes. Where are you at personally? Are you working in step one where you're learning to notice messages from the universe, notice how the external world's guiding you? If you're there, what's one thing you can do today to continue to build up that skill set? Maybe it's to start to record your dreams. Maybe it's to start to tell someone when you see a repeating number, to validate it in some way. Or if you're in part two, step two, where you're learning how to, to really decipher what's a true piece of guidance and what's not, and building up the courage and the knowledge that you need to be able to follow that true piece of guidance, what's something that you can do? Can you look up your Claire? Can you figure out what your Claire type is? Again, there's going to be a blog post below. Can you look back at a time where you were being guided and you did quote-unquote fail? And can you see how it wasn't a failure at all? Doing this is going to build up your, your system, your tolerance to be able to take more steps and more risks. And like I say about everything, it's all step by step. When you're first learning to work with guidance, universal guidance, it is filled with doubt. It is filled with feeling unsure. And as you know from the situation I told you I'm in right now, that never fully goes away. But you do get better at seeing it for what it is and working with it and knowing how to work with it. So I hope this series has activated something in you, brought you something, maybe just a little piece of knowledge that you didn't know before. I, I felt really guided to teach this here. If you want to go deeper, I do have an entire course for new empaths. It's called the Empowered Empath. I also have an empath in business program appropriately called Empaths in Business. And in the first module of that program, it's about tuning into your intuition to figure out the offer you're here to share with the world. And students really love that module because it is about tuning into yourself and realizing that you have and have always had access to all of the answers that you need. I'm signing off. If I've mentioned a resource, it will be linked below. If you're interested in joining us for Empaths in Business, we start again in the spring. Early bird opens really soon and the only way to get early bird bonuses and all of that good stuff that will come with early bird enrollment is to be on the waitlist. So we're sending an email to the waitlist with the information and if you're on there, you'll you'll get it. And if you're not, you won't and you'll have to wait for regular enrollment. And the beauty of early bird is that you get first dibs. Okay, have the most beautiful day. I will see you soon for more episodes. I got a bunch. If you are a podcast listener, subscribe, tell someone about the podcast because there's so many episodes coming up for you and I can't wait. So have an amazing day and we will talk soon.